And we are back. Episode 33 of Journey to a Million. More fantasy football positional previews here on the podcast. Today, we are bringing you our tight end preview on the episode. We have Kyle Dozier from the Fantasy Football Network joining the full Journey Million squad. Myself, Drew Skyberg, Jared Vlusky, and Zach Roush. So before we start here, Kyle, how are you doing on this Friday morning? I'm doing great, man. I'm ready to talk tight ends. It's funny, we were laughing beforehand about the pronunciation of my name, but it sounds like your cohorts here have some difficult last names to pronounce too, so you're used to it, yeah? <laughs> yeah, you know, it happens, and um, yeah, but we've been we, we've been friends forever, so that, that, that's it works out just fine, and yeah, we have five tight ends we'll talk about, and then we're going to do our, our bold takes like last week. Hopefully, we don't have them too hot because uh, the Zoom chat, it, it was on fire last week uh, when when things were, came out of Jared and Zach's mouths, especially. But uh, yeah, I mean, the five guys we got today, we got Mo Ali Cox from the Indianapolis Colts, Jared's Colts, I should add, Gerald Everett, then of the Chargers, Albert O, we were going to be saying today, unless Zach, you want to take a stab at the pronunciation here? <laughs> okay. Wabunam. There you go. We'll take it. Robert Tunyon of the Green Bay Packers also will be talked about. And then Cameron Brait as well from the Buccaneers. There's your five. And then we will also be doing our hot take, like I said. Let's get into it, though, right away here. Jared, we'll start with your guy here, Mo Cox. And look, with Mo Cox, it's an interesting story here, right, in 2022. Because looking at the numbers and stuff, is he going to be like a top 12 tight end in terms of draft? Like ADP-wise, I mean, right now it looks like he's going to be a stream option just on based on where he is. Landing right now, Zach, you got those ADP numbers up right away. I do. He's going at tight end uh, 36. So uh, that's most leagues that's not even getting drafted. So he can be somebody that you pick up after the draft. Like you said, streamer. Yeah, that it's right now he's going really low. And um, my, my ADP numbers say 31. But basically, we're looking streaming. out. I mean, there's some upside there. And the the big thing, of course, that's attractive with him, right? I last year, um, two point six targets a game, right? Terrible numbers. But you have to think about the competition, Jared. I know you could speak upon this. And now the quarterback change, right? Matt Ryan is going to be a lot better. But Jared, we'll go to you. You know, being the Colts fan, Molly Cox. I mean, you were the one who kind of brought him up here. What was the reasoning? And let, let's hear kind of your take on it. I just think it'll be kind of interesting. Uh, last year, he kind of played back or kind of split with Jack Doyle. And now Jack Doyle retired, so it's he's kind of the, the sole back there. But then they did draft Jelani Woods, who will be their backup or maybe their third string this year because they do have Kylan Granson as well, who kind of came out last year as you know, he got some snaps. Um, you said it, Drew. I mean, they got Matt Ryan, so there's going to be a lot of improvement on that team um, passing the ball. So, you know, Michael Pittman's there, but then their second option is going to be Moelle Cox, unless like Paris Campbell or Alec Pierce, I mean, has a great year. It's not going to be 2.4 like last year or 2.6, whatever you said. It's probably going to be four, five, six targets a game, which it'll be up there, but I don't think that he'll be a top 20, top, you know, whatever tight end this year. But I think that he'll make some improvements and we'll see that fantasy wise and just performance wise. Yeah, Kyle, do you see, you know, with Moali Cox, I know you're talking before. Um, wh- what do you think here for Moali Cox? I think he could start out as a pretty good streaming option early, but I really think Jelani will kind of start 
eating into that and splitting. I think you'll end up with Ali Cox and Woods instead of Ali Cox and Doyle this year. Uh, I mean, Jelani Woods set the combine on fire. The dude's a monster. He's six foot seven. Like, he's going to be an amazing red zone target. I know we've seen all about Alec Pierce in the red zone uh, during camp and whatnot, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I, th- I think Jelani Wood starts to make his way onto the field sooner rather than later. I want to add, though, quickly here with you, Kyle, what, with what you mentioned, the streaming options, week one, Texans, week two, Jaguars. I mean, talk about perfect yeah. streaming options. There, there's the some great upside there. Zach, you know, Mo, Mo Ali Cox. I mean, we mentioned the ranges here, you know, still, I don't know if you'd want to take a flight, right? Tight end premium leagues are still like, I mean, th- those are a thing where like, you know, tight ends are some, some leagues have, where you need two tight ends or whatever. I guess, where do you see Mo Ali Cox's value other than streaming? Yeah, I think if he does take a lot of the red zone targets early in the season, he might be kind of a every week type value if you're looking at that touchdown upside but kind of as Kyle said I think Johnny Woods is going to be taking more and more of the targets and snaps as the season goes on so it looks like Morally Cox shared not 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 a guy maybe but I know I know you think with them maybe upside could be second in the team and targets for the first few weeks but do you think Jelani Woods is just going to take it Oh, yeah, I think that after he gets a few weeks under him, I think they'll test the waters with Cox and Woods, and then Jelani Woods will see the brunt of the care or the cat like targets uh, towards the second half of the season, if not earlier, late in the first half as well. Yeah, that wraps up there. I mean, with our talk for Moali Cox, let's go to, you know, probably, you know, I hate to speak for you, Zach, but Gerald Everett is the guy we're going to be talking about. You are basically a Chargers fan, so might as well add that to your resume. Look, Gerald Everett. Um, every, everyone's over this one where they're saying he's going to have a breakout season, which at that point, which I, I mean, I, I'm just fine with it. You know, I'm all for Gerald Everett being in that offense there with the chargers, you know, everyone, like I said, calling it a career season in the making or before it even happens right now, as he's replacing Jared cook last year. And, you know, Jared cook wasn't, he, he was okay. Right. I mean, Everett certainly an upgrade in that position and Everett right now, you know, he, he finished middle of the pack, I believe, last year in points for tight ends, points per game. So, you know, solid guy, but some people are saying, right, top 10 upside there, at least for a guy like that. Is that kind of what you're seeing there, Kyle? Top 10 seems a little high. Uh, I do like him in that offense, but, I mean, Jared Cook wasn't super productive, I wouldn't say, last year. Uh, he is an upgrade, but top 10 seems a little bit high. I think he'll be a better option than Mo. Jared Cook was. Uh, <laughs> Jared Cook was ten and fifteen last year for the Chargers. So overall, fantasy wise, yeah. So I mean, I, I know top ten, but I'm saying that's kind of what you know, people are saying. Like his breakout could poison for. I, I'm I'm with you. You know, I I certainly think he'd be a, a one of the twelve best tight ends in the league. I think he could be tight end one for a squad. You know. If, I'm being crazy. I, I don't I think that's that's pretty accurate spot there for if him. If your typical strategy is to wait on a tight end, he's a great target. Yeah. The strategy I want actually want to talk about in this episode, great or late. I think that is that is how you should roll this. So I mean you if you notice here, we're not talking about the great guys, we're talking about the late guys in this episode. And that's kind of that was by design here to you know give you guys the edge in terms of 
you know, if you don't want to go great because you're going to have to pay the price to go great with guys, right? Kelsey Andrews. I usually do, (laughs) but some, it might pay off for you depending on the value you get. But you know, we're talking about the late guys here, Zach, I'll let you talk about your guy here, Gerald Everett. Yeah. I contrary to what Kyle said, I think he does have top 10 upside, not very high into the top 10, but I think we could see him as kind of an eight or nine tight end. Um, like I said, Jared Cook finishes tight end 15, and I think was Cook 34 years old last year, so he was getting up there towards the end of his career. And Everett's shown the ability uh, back when he was in Seattle and with the Rams that he has the ability to produce fantasy-wise. He just needs to show a little bit more consistency, and we could see that with uh, him receiving more targets this year than he has in the past. Which I, I think that's certainly in the realm of possibilities. I think look at the offense he was with last year, right? I mean, he was in basically, you know, Geno Smith's offense for a little bit there. Um, I know Russell Wilson, right? But injury wise, just looking at it and look, Seattle likes to run the ball too. So, I mean, now I think in a pass heavy Los Angeles Chargers offense, I think this is going to be, you know, my, my whole thing with it where it gets tough, which I want to bring this argument up is how many times do you see, right? Two receivers with, a thousand plus yard upside have a tight end who also, you know, goes in there and delivers maybe a 700 yard season. I, I just, that that's kind of where in my case against Everett is like, okay, well you already got guys like Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, who are gonna, you know, who have the upside. I mean, I certainly think in next year, I think they're going to both finish over a thousand yards. I guess. How, how is that going to affect Gerald Everett? I mean, you can only throw the ball so much. Austin Eckler's still there too. Don't forget that. I mean, how do you approach that Jared? I think that, like you said, I think that they're going to use his, like the Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. They're going to get all the yards, and I think they're going to be the big fantasy values. But I do see if it's not Eckler running in the like in the red zone, running in the touchdown. I, I think they might use Gerald Everett as just the tight end, the touchdown back, like you know, touchdown receiver who could just throw it to him, ISO one on one, and he racks up, racks up his points there. Because I kind of agree with you there. Like it's hard to split yards that much if you do have two thousand yard receivers in Allen and Williams. So I think that he might get most of his value there. Um, but I do think his value will go up. And I think people that are saying he's going to have a breakout season. I mean, they have proof to like go by because obviously you're going to the chargers with Justin Herbert and a stacked offense pass heavy. like you said, so I think that the hype is there. I just don't think he'll live hundred percent up to what he's expected. Yeah. I'm going to ask before we move on here, Kyle, where do you, where do you have Gerald Everett in your tight end rankings? Do you have him? Like teens, where where do you got him? Yeah, I'd maybe slide him in twelve to fifteen somewhere. Like, I mean, he's close to the top ten, but I don't think when I look at the other names ahead of him, I just I can't quite slide him into that top ten because I do think we'll see, like Jared was saying, you'll see a lot maybe in the red zone, but maybe not between the twenties so much. And then Donald Parham might slide in there and catch a TD here and there instead of Everett because. That dude's like six eight, and Everett's only like six three. Maybe they'll utilize that mismatch more in the in the end zone. You don't know. We don't know yet. That's, but uh, another one that would be really really great if you're waiting with a lot of upside. Yeah, exactly. And you know, a guy who I, I'd say is kind of in a similar situation, kind of not. Alberto um, is kind of in it because, right? I mean, the the argument for him which is, look, Noah Fant gets traded to Seattle and the Denver front office, including Noah Fant in a package, 
I, I think just kind of shows, you know, they're ready. I mean, Alberto, they, they think he is, he's proven and he's ready, but I, I still know, we don't even know if, if he's going to beat Greg Dulich out of camp, do we? I, I mean, we think he is right. I don't know if reports have really indicated yet. Is it, if he is that guy yet, but look with Alberto, he certainly, he's more of a sleeper guy right now. I'd say and just with him being just a physical like freak. I think that's kind of where you, the, the attraction right in the red zone, end zone, all that good stuff. But I'll go to you, Zach, to start. Alberto, you know, do you see him more than just kind of like this late round sleeper guy who's a streamer? What what do you see potentially for him? I think he has a lot of potential. Uh, I was kind of going back to look at how Russell Wilson has utilized tight ends in the past. Um, I didn't look at last year just because of the injury. And then 2020, the Seahawks had like three or four tight ends they utilized. So when I went back to 2019. Uh, Will Disley averaged 14.7 points per game in weeks one through five, and then he tore his Achilles. And after that, they had Jacob Hollister, who got 10 points a game. So I think if you're looking at that, you can see that Wilson, he can produce fantasy-relevant tight ends, and he does use his tight ends. So I think the new quarterback isn't really a situation you should be worried about. I think it's more, um, as you mentioned, the uh, – competition with Greg Dulcich. I have no idea how to that name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have no All idea. Right. Didn't they wait, didn't they have uh, Jimmy Graham too before? Um was that 2017 on the Seahawks? Oh, they did yeah, they grabbed in the past. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um yeah. let's hear let's hear you, Jared. Let's kind of hear your thoughts. I mean I fantasy wise I don't like taking someone like this. Um, we saw that with Saquon kind of, it's kind of like, he's a, like a built guy. I'm so muscular. He can easily, you know, get the fantasy value, but then he gets hurt and nothing out of him the next few years. It, I just see he's not proven. Um, although Russ new quarterback, uh, improvements value goes up. Uh, I get all that, but I don't like taking, unless it's a, a dynasty league. I don't like taking someone who's not really put the stats out there yet. Um, doesn't get the points. It, it's just going to be risky for me to, to pick this guy. And depending on where he's going amongst like other tight ends, I would probably try to try to avoid him maybe a little bit just because I don't really see his upside as of now, but maybe that's just me. I don't know. He's currently going as tight end 18. So I think it's kind of a low risk, high reward situation just where he's going. He's a guy in best ball where I'd be looking at him. I'm thinking two tight ends to maybe take a safe pick, right? You know, if I go, if I go great, he might be my late guy. I think is a fair way to assess it. Uh, Kyle, you know, you with Alberto, where are you looking? Are, are you looking kind of where we are in that as a kind of a value play there? Yeah, I, I've, I don't want him as my number one, but I'd feel pretty good about him as my number two. I like him better than the, the last couple of guys we talked about. Um, I They were talking up as recently as I think it was yesterday I saw uh, report saying that they were talking up Dulkich or however you pronounce it and uh, saying that they could end up splitting. I don't think we'll see as much of that split there. Um, I mean, you got to remember this guy finished pretty well. I, for, I can't find the ranking, but like he was in the teens in points per game while sharing with Noah Fant with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback last year. So I mean, we say he's not proven, but he kind of is a little bit. I mean, he's only he was a rookie last year. So it's, you know, I, I think he's got a pretty good chance. I think he'll win the uh, the camp battle with Dolkic, and I think 
he'll be their starter for the year. My biggest issue with him is uh, not that competition, but just the overall competition for targets. Exactly. Javante, Javante Williams, Tim Patrick, Sutton, Judy. My God. Like, you're going to have one that pops off every week, and you're never going to know who it is. Yeah, my, that's my thing, too. Um, I also want to bring up here, right, Nathaniel Hackett coming in, right, new first-year coach. I mean, we saw him with the Packers. Um, Colin, I mean, working as the offensive coordinator, right? I mean, we saw Robert Tunyon be utilized a lot, which is also a guy we're talking about in the red zone. I mean, that's hopefully kind of his case here. But Tim Patrick is kind of the other guy, right? Tim Patrick, six four, you know, another athletic freak. I think he might be the, the red zone target there. That's where I, I'm not sure here how he's going to be used, but he certainly has the upside to be kind of that that red zone target, I think, with with Russell Wilson. But if you guys have anything, this is here. something that we'll be able to see a little bit in preseason games. We're going to yeah. see kind of how they used him. Yeah, and especially in the regular season too. I'm hoping that like a lot of our questions will be answered. You know, it's hard in the first week. I mean, not to say like a first week means everything, right? I mean, there's some things that you totally change throughout the season, but. A lot of questions just to be answered. We watch a regular season game. We can kind of see what we see in week one, maybe even a little longer, right? Of course. But I mean, with that, we'll wrap up here from Albert. Oh, let's go. Let's go to Cameron Brait. So this is interesting. Sorry, right? We're, gonna, we're really talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end situation. So with Rob Gronkowski, right? He's retired um, and he said he's not coming back and, and such, but then reports. I believe, I believe him this time. I do. I you, believe you do him believe him because there's reports coming that you know maybe he's not done and um, too, and that so that now there's contradicting reports. So keep that in mind. But Cameron Braid is the guy we're talking about right now, the 31 year old tight end here. Um, and you know the story right now, it, fantasy outlook. Right, he's still back on. The, he's on top of the depth chart. I want to bring up, but the the guy is rookie Kate Otten who which is funny because a report came out from the athletic, right? And what happened was that, that Kate Otten was supposedly going to be the lead guy or, or something. And uh, on fantasy, fo- like all fantasy football platforms, when this report came out, Kate Otten, his ads shot up. It was incredible. I mean, on sleeper, for example, I think it was like almost over 10, like 10,000. It was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. So the Kate Otten hype train is there. Are you guys buying it? <laughs> Anyone can take this, this question. I am. Yeah. I, I, I prefer Otten to break. Um, he's a better receiver. And he's a better blocker. I think that'll get him on the field quicker. And, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if it'll be week one, but it certainly won't take long. I think he, lo- I think Bray loses work to Otten a whole lot faster than Allie Cox loses work to Jelani Woods. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, yeah, it's, Zach, where, where are you going? Because, I mean, I believe you're the guy who wanted to talk about Cameron Bray. Let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was kind of be interesting to talk about the Buccaneers tight end room in general with uh, Gronk retiring. But, yeah, I'm not really high on Brady either. I think he could definitely lose work. They do still have O.J. Howard, too, who's going to – he's not going to take as much work as Otten maybe, but he's going to take a few receptions as well. Uh. OJ Howard is isn't he on the, on the Bills team. right yeah. now? He's with the Bills now. He's gone. Yeah, OJ yeah, Howard is with the Bills. So no, but with, with let's let's go to some ADP here. Um, the big thing is Cameron Bray right now is going as tight end twenty. 
he's going as high as 17. As tight at 17. And I want to bring this up because the guys who are going behind him, listen to this. Evan Ingram, which is kind of an interesting candidate. He's, he's more of a boomer bust guy. We're not going to be talking about him in the episode unless someone has a bull take about him. Uh, also, Gerald Everett's going as tight end 22. And then other guys, you know, we mentioned Allie Cox going 31. Brevin Jordan at 28. Is there any of those guys you'd rather take there over Bray? I mean, it sounds like most of them here for me, at least. I mean, Everett, yeah. I'd rather all, take all of Ingram. Them. Plus, yeah. plus um, Otten, I'd take over Bray. <laughs> uh, Kate Otten's dynasty. I, I would probably say all except for Moelle Cox, just because I'm a, I mean, yeah. I'm a Colts fan. I'm saying that, but yeah. Well, Taysom Hill, tight end 29. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, if anyone else has anything, you know, with Cameron Braden this tight end room, all right. I mean, Kate Otten. Is kind of I the guess, guy. Is more of a dynasty yeah. stash guys where I'm looking. Yeah, I mean dynasty. You're not looking obviously for Brait. He's 31, getting old. Yeah. But Kate Otten for sure. My whole thing is you still have Tom Brady, so you're gonna he's gonna get targets, but it's not gonna be. I mean, as much as you know, guys like Godwin and Evans and Otten's gonna be their future. So. Well, and he's no Gronk. I mean, exactly. If you're looking for Gronk numbers, you're gonna be disappointed. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to go great, not late there for that, but. Let's go to our next guy here. Robert Tunyon is uh, this is this is one we're looking forward to talk about. At least Zach and I as Packer fans here. No time pro bowler. Might I add? <laughs> All right, Jared. Um, look, maybe, with, maybe Kittle, baby Kittle. Look, the thing with Tunyon, right? I mean, he's an electric 2020, right? 11 touchdowns. And it was just, you know, the hype train was there. 2021, his ADP, right? People were liking him as a tight end guy. Kind of like a, even more as like a even bigger breakout guy in some aspects. Some some in the industry were. And what happened was not much. Uh, he had two games with over 10 fantasy points, and he ended up finishing tight end 29 in fantasy points per game. I know he got hurt, right? But there's still upside there, right? Adam's gone. Marcos Valles-Scantling gone. You know, he could end up being that lead guy in the being that lead touchdown option there. Of course, you know, the concern that is A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones, like there's a lot of Robert Tunyon's one of the hardest players right now to rank in fantasy, in my opinion, and it makes me struggle a lot with it. But Kyle, how would you rank this Robert Tunyon and the Packers situation? Well, I agree. He's very hard to rank right now because if I remember right, that 11 touchdown season was pretty front loaded, wasn't it? Like he kind of fell off towards the end of the season, but I do think you're right with, you know, Devontae Adams being gone, I think we'll see Rodgers kind of lean on him in that red zone as far as pass catchers go. He's got Lazard and all these other guys, you know, between the 20s. But I really think Tunyon will have his trust in that in that end zone just because they played a few years. Rodgers is really big on throwing a guy that he trusts. And that's why I think Lazard will be better than any of – like even, you know – what was the rookie Watson that they drafted? I don't think he'll make a real big impact this year just because they haven't played together. There's no trust there. Um, but Tunyon with that touchdown upside, uh, you know, I I still can't slide him in that top 12 yet, but just under it. Probably in there around wherever it's at, 12 to 15. Yeah, I think that's my range. Zach, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think I have him around that. 12, 15 range as well. Uh, I think the uh, red zone targets that Adams got are going to be split up between Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, and Tanyan mostly. 
Uh, obviously, we're going to see some of the receivers get a few. But I think that's where most of them are going to go. So I can see him getting a lot of red zone upside. But then, as Kyle said, between the 20s, he's not going to see as much work as the other receivers. I mean, you guys said everything I was going to say. I think that my ceiling for him is top 10. And I think that is counting the facts that he stays healthy 100%. His touchdown value is there. And like Kyle said, he doesn't fall off. And like Kyle said as well, he Rogers trusts people. He goes to people he trusts. And now with Adams not there, Lazard, Tunyon, they're going to be up there in targets. They're going to be the top two probably. I think that, well, besides like the running backs, if they do a little slot, you know, whatever. But I think that Tunyon could be top 10. I don't see him going top 10. I'm saying ceiling top 10. I'd put him at probably 15, but that's accounting that he doesn't get hurt. His touchdown value is there. Um, and he's targeted a lot. So I think that he will end up being 15, 14 around that area, but ceiling, I have top 10 for him. Okay. Let me read some ADP here. So who would you rather have out of these three guys, Robert Tunyon, Noah Fant, Irv Smith, Jr. All three. Let's hear him. Kyle, we'll go to you first. Same again, Tunyon, Irv Smith, and who? Noah Fant. Those three guys. Uh, give me Irv Smith. Irv Smith. Zach? I like, I like the way that uh, oh, offense looks to be changing going forward with the new offensive coordinator. Okay, Zach, go to you. I'd have to say Tan just seen him have a good season. Jared? I agree. I think I would go with Tanyan. Just I don't know why. I just I just like Tanyan more. Packers homers. That's why I'm taking Tanyan I'm a, too. I'm, I'm a Colts fan. I'm a Colts <laughs> fan. All I'm right, Kyle. Tanyan. Yeah, but you got a little bit of bias and you gotta work with me. So yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> all right well no i'm kidding there's our um tight end talk for these five guys and then from here let's go to our bold takes and let's start with you jared let's hear your hot take if it's anything like last week this i, I don't even know what to say i mean i don't even know what's going to happen right i mean everyone other fire extinguishers ready jared go so yeah it might be uh just like last week I'm not going as extreme to say top five, but I say Michael Gasicki will finish as a top seven tight end this year. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So here's my thing. So over the last three seasons, he's had over 500 yards, which some people that we listed on this list, not even close to that. Okay. That's one thing. Um, <clears throat> I think that uh, his tight end or his touchdowns won't be there, but they could be, they can get a lot better. And this is someone you got to believe, believe in. My big thing is, Tyree Kill just came there, right? Last year, they had their top target was who? Devontae Parker. So I think that having Tyree Kill there will help Gasicki tremendously. He will take up their best defender. He will probably get double covered some some possessions, and that'll leave Gasicki open. Um, I'm sure that's the same with some other teams as well. But last two, se- last two seasons, he had over 700 yards. Um, touchdowns, I think he had two and then six, I think he had in 2020. Um I just think that having Tyree Kill there will help his case a lot. And people that are low on Tua, I said last week I'm high on Tua, like I said with Joe Burrow. Um, I think that Tua will have a breakout year, and he'll um, prove everyone wrong with Tyree Kill. And I think that with Hill there, will help Gasicki tremendously. And I think that top seven is uh, is where he'll end, probably at seven. When I say top seven, I don't mean six. Yeah. Five. I don't mean that. I, th- I think seven is the highest. Okay, what does everyone think? Sure, that's um, what I say. Last year, he finished his tight end 11 with less competition. And you're saying he's going to move up. <laughs> Let's add Tyreek Hill and do better. 
Well, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that the, the hype around the Dolphins this year is just, you know, it's like, oh, well, Tua is not as good as Mahomes and Tyreek Hill made a mistake. And they're going to probably once Tyreek Hill has a few good games, they'll be like, OK, we need to, you know, like they did with Mahomes, like Kelsey thrived. I, I know Kelsey is a lot better than Gesicki. Don't don't think I'm saying anything like that. But Gesicki is going to be, I think like amazing on this team with Tyree Kilder. I think that Tyree Kill will be the deep option. He'll take up some receivers and then Gasicki will be that middle 10, 15 receiver yard catch, you know, something like that. Gasicki was tight end eight in terms of targets per game. He was at 6.6. I'll add that. I think that number's going down. So I'm sorry. I, you know, yeah, I think he loses a lot of targets because I think Tyree Kill coming in might bump Waddle to the slot a lot more, which is primarily where Gasicki played last year. And so I think Waddle ends up eating up a lot of those slot targets that Gesicki will no longer get. So, yeah, I, I think he does worse this year than last year. Uh, one more thing I want to add, just watching the few Dolphin games that I've watched, um, Mike Gesicki has one of, if not the best hands in the league as a tight end. Like, he doesn't drop passes. He is, like, I from what I've seen, from what I've seen, he does not drop many passes. So, I mean, every every person drops passes. Every receiver, every tight end, every running back, all everyone. But I think Mike Kosicki, from what I've, what I've seen, he's he's going to make some nice catches, and he's not going to drop some easy ones like we saw George Kittle against the Packers in the playoffs, like the one that's wide open. You know, I don't think he's going to drop any of those. And that's like me being as high as I can possibly be on Mike Kosicki. I'm kind of expecting everything to go his way this year. So... Well, assuming he does have the best hands in the league, he's still not going to have as many of those nice catches. He's not going to get the ball. Mike McDaniel coming in, running back by committee. Look, I mean, it's just a disaster to not get a lot of targets. Jared, appreciate your effort, but you have not convinced me. I don't think you convinced the three of us. Well, the the stats will convince you throughout the season. So I'll come back to this when he starts. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I don't either. (laughs) Kyle, (laughs) okay, Kyle, we're gonna let you go next. Then let's hear yours. Well, it's funny because I was worried mine wasn't spicy enough, and it's actually pretty close as far as the numbers go here. But I'm gonna say Cole. I was gonna say Cole Komet's gonna be top eight. Uh, yeah, just ahead of both. Who's um, gonna like that one? The problem Dawson. is that that was mine. That I, I actually told Zach before we recorded. I really? said Cole Komet top did, eight. Yeah. Book it. Yeah, Cole Komet top eight ahead of. Let's Goddard, do a joint argument ahead of Goddard and Knox. Yeah, I. Uh, Goddard. I mean, it, no, no Matt no, Nagy. I guess I can see. It. No Jimmy Graham. So you're saying you're saying Goddard There's... is not top eight? No, I don't think he is. Goddard has the same oh. argument as and, he, and Knox is not top him. ten, so it's it's kind of a three and one hot take here, but yeah, so no Matt Nagy, no Jimmy Graham, lack of receiving options, and Justin Matt, Fields trusts him. Matt so Eberflus, and he's he's a hoss. So yeah, I think Cole Komet's top eight this year, and I think it's pretty easy. But yeah, I think I think Goddard's not top eight. They had AJ Brown. They already didn't use Goddard last year like we thought they would after they got rid of Ertz. Yeah, my, know, it was kind of disappointing. They went run heavy and didn't quite use in the way we hoped. And now they're adding A.J. Brown. I don't think that gets better. And then, you know, same deal with Knox. Gabe Davis is going to step in there, suck up in a lot of targets. Now they got James Cook in the draft to throw to. I just – I don't see 
Knox getting that kind of play two years in a row. So Knox out of the top 10, Goddard out of the top eight, Cole Komet, you can pin him in. Don't even have to pencil him in. Pin him into the top eight. Yeah, my you, big. You mean like eight at eight or top eight, like with uh, ceiling higher? Seven or eight. It, I think him and Hawk will actually be pretty close. I like Komet. Yeah. Um. Like I know Jared's a top seven, but I like I like Komet. Right where, right where you have him, Kyle. I mean, you 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 already spoke my argument, but I want to add to it. Right. Sean Childs of Sports Illustrated put together a wonderful breakout piece. For Cole Komet, so I'm going to be sharing that here and giving credit here in my argument. Go check it out. It will be in the description. So thank you again to Sean Childs. You mentioned the passing game, right? Being the second option, right? It's Byron Pringle really going to be that guy. I really think David Montgomery is going to be the second. It's going to be David Montgomery and Cole Komet competing for the second most receptions. That might be kind Mm -hmm. of a hot take here with Montgomery being a running back. But look. With um, Cole Komet, right? Catch rate, 64.5. You know, he doubled his yards from year one to year two, or quite rookie season, right? And he doubled it to, over doubled it, I should add, 60 catches, 612 yards. I think he could, you know, he could command more than that. I, I'm thinking 800 plus yards. I think that's kind of what, what we could see, maybe even more there with with Cole Komet and the targets. I mean, it, they were there last year, even with Justin Fields. And I always like to look at that, how they were right. Same quarterback still, you know, different head coach, but that, that's always, you know, very attractive to look at Cole Komet right now. I have the targets here. Hold on. Where, where are they? But Cole Komet is here. It is. So last, you know, six, seven games of the year, week, 12, 11 targets, week, 13, seven targets, Five nine five five five, and I know it's he was at five and a half targets a game, which was under Jared's guy Mike Gesicki. But the difference is Komet's conditions improved, Gesicki's got worse. So I think that they are gonna, you know. So I don't know if they improved. Okay, I I just said they improved. I know I have two arguments against you. Number one, we went over this before. Matt Eberflus is their head coach, defensive minded, not going to help Justin or Fields that much, right? That's number one. Number two, it's Fields. Who are right? they gonna throw the ball so, to? Who's he? He's not gonna throw it to anyone. He's not a good quarterback. He's not gonna be able to complete a pass. That's what I'm saying. I don't believe in Fields. He's never. He's not a good quarterback. I think Dustin. I think said he's. That I think he'll be better long term than Tua. Uh, Maybe not there just yet. But they're both in the same. What have we really right? seen from but, Tua that makes you? Think- he's gonna be able to throw the football. I mean, Darnell Mooney is still getting drafted over Jared. He. He is an NFL quarterback. He can throw a football. Well, so is uh, what's his name? Uh, Peter Peterman, whatever that guy's name was. Nathan Nathan Peterman. He threw. Five Justin minutes. Fields is a talented prospect out of college. I, I Justin Fields is a dynasty asset. Nathan Peterman was a borderline streamer. I mean, these are different guys, Jared. Yeah, but the Bears are just a bad team. They're yeah. I'm not even a bad teams fan. can have bad yeah bad, bad teams team, can have great bad quarterback. They have the worst receiving core in the league right now. Yep, that's why Cole Komet's going to do well because sure, there's no receiving fantasy. core. Yeah. Yes, I know, but there's the reason that they have. Oh my god, I don't know. I just don't think that. He'll to me, be, it's a no-brainer. You actually think it's a no-brainer? Komet versus Gesicki, no-brainer. No-brainer. I, I, you know, I, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not Komet drafting Gesicki this year anyway. Okay, well, you said top eight, so 
Cole Komet can be seven, and then Gasicki can be eight. How about that? Gasicki can be more like fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I do. I I I feel very confident saying that Komet will have double digit touchdowns too. Where was he last year? Does anyone have ADP on him? Well, I can tell you where Cole Komet's getting drafted at right now. If you're looking, Cole Komet right now is getting drafted as tight end thirteen, and Mike Gasicki's getting drafted as tight end twelve. Yeah. Well, yeah. so look at that. I mean, yeah, Jared, the people are wrong. <laughs> you have strength in numbers right now. You have numbers against me. Kasiki has name recognition. Awful. Kasiki has name recognition Cole going for him. That's it at this point. 22. Yeah, Cole Komet's going at an awesome discount. Is all this means? I mean, like, like we better be doing our leagues early so I can get on this discount before it ends. Is all I'm seeing. But I just feel like you guys, since you have two people that had the same take, you're kind of trying to prove your point, and I'm not really buying it because you guys are going against Kasiki so much that. You're only disagreeing because we don't like yours. <laughs> no, I'm disagreeing because the numbers are on my side. <laughs> the numbers are on my side. But yeah. 12 is, is higher than 13 in fantasy. So I think that... If, if we're going to base it off of what the yeah. public is thinking, Jared. Oh, now, no. Zach, now Zach jumps on your guys' bandwagon just to go against me because that's always what it is. I no, had a three okay. for those. Jared, I don't like your take. I don't think he's going to be better. Cole Komet, I can get on it a little get on that take a little bit. But I don't think he's gonna be top eight. I would say, like that around the ten. So that's like nine through eleven, somewhere in there. So where do you have Gasicki? So I, I like think 12? top eight's pushing it a little bit. Yeah, I have him like that twelve through fifteen. Mm. I'd say like him and Everett are probably in the same. I'm taking Everett over Gasicki. I mean, there's there's actually uh, a list of guys here I'd be taking over. That's not even close. Come on, you don't. Jer- I, I'm selling Gasicki short here. Look, you I mean. Are. Yeah, Jerry, you're uh I think uh, I think you like Gasicki a little bit too much. I'll give I'll give you this. I'll take Gasicki <laughs> over Dawson Knox. Okay. I'll take him over Knox. I don't like So Knox you said Knox is, Knox. You Knox said is Knox is just out of your just out of your top ten, you said just out of my top right? ten. Yeah. So you'd say Gasicki could be top ten. Yeah, ten to twelve in there somewhere ahead of Knox, wherever Knox ends up. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I'm not on Knox at all. I'm on him less than Gasicki, but I'm still not on Gasicki. Let's hear your Zach here to wrap up the bold takes. So Kyle, you're probably gonna like this one. I'm gonna say Dalton Schultz repeats is a top three tight end for fantasy in 2022. That was the other one I was debating he saying third, tonight. Yeah. <laughs> He was third in routes run last year and had 104 targets, which, I mean, if you look at tight end numbers, that's obviously really good. And then I think he's going to see a lot more consistency. Everyone's kind of hyping up C.D. Lamb with Amari Cooper leaving, but nobody's really talking about Dalton Schultz as much. He's he's borderline elite tight end, and he's getting drafted way below the guys like Mark Andrews, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. He's going a couple of rounds after them. And I think he's going to see a lot more consistency with his targets this year. And as we saw last year, they use him all over the field. He had eight touchdowns, 800 yards. So they use him between the 20s. They use him in the red zone. I just, I think he's going to maybe improve a little bit, but I think he can, he has a great chance to repeat the season he had last year. Oh, my, I'm going to go. I'll say, I'll give you top four. I mean, not top four. I'll say four to five is how, where I'm going to put him. So and last year, you can continue. Drew. Okay. Okay. But I, I'm basically going to say I'd take Pitts over him, Andrews over him, Kelsey over him. Pitts is going to still, I, I know quarterback situation, but I think Pitts is going to be in the slot 
a lot this year. Calvin Ridley gone. I don't know. I think target share is going to be excellent for him, regardless of who is under center for the Falcons. But then also Dalton Schultz. I think he's going to have a big first few weeks of the year. I think Michael Gallup being out. I know, right? Michael Gallup being out might not be like an ultimate make or break thing, but I think that's certainly going to help his case. And I think that's going to be something we'll see at least for the first few weeks or whenever until Gallup comes back is where I'd go with it. But Jared, I'll let you get talk. So last year, I'm guessing it was Andrews and Kelsey one, two, and then Pitt, and then Schultz was three Zach. Yeah. Andrews was one Andrew Kelsey, then Schultz, then Schultz. Okay. Yeah. Then was like Pitts and Kittle four or five. Or how did that end up? I think Pitts was five or um, six, actually. Hold on. I, I think I got it up right here. Okay. Well, my whole um, thing is. So, yeah. It went Schultz, Kittle, Gronk, Knox, Hunter Henry. Cal Pitts was nine. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So I can get behind it just because he was three last year. And his condition did improve having Gallup out for a few games and not having Amari Cooper anymore. So I can see him maintaining that. But I think that there's, I would say, like Drew said, probably four or five. I don't, three seems a little high to me just because I think maybe it was a little bit of a breakout last year. I don't know. I, I think, I think Andrews and Kelsey will be one and two. And then I think Schultz might be, I could see him three, but I'd say four is where I'd put him. I saw you shaking your head. More. <laughs> <laughs> well, even setting my Cowboys bias aside, I I think Schultz has a better year than Pitts, and I love Pitts. I got Pitts in my dynasty league. I wouldn't sell him for anything, but I do think Schultz finishes higher than him. Even when Gallup comes back, I don't think that really hurts him that much. He was very consistent last year with Cooper. Gallup was there early. Late in the season, we saw some of these other guys, Cedric Wilson, Malik Turner, and some of those guys playing. He never wavered. So I really – I think he'll have a very, very strong – I mean, you've seen it with this offense with with Romo and now Dak. Like, tight ends just draw targets in this offense. And it was Jason Witten. Now it's Dalton Schultz. Like, he's, he's, he's an elite tight end. He just is. And so – yeah, I, I I agree. He's going to be top three. What are you going to say, Zach? I just want to throw one more thing out. Over the last three seasons, Dalton Schultz has not missed a single game. And some of the other tight ends that are going to be around that three to five range, like George Kill, Darren Waller, we've mm-hmm. seen them miss games multiple times. So that's another thing to factor in when you're ranking tens. Exactly. Um, one more thing I want to throw in there is Last year with Pitts, I think he he was nine, obviously, because he had, I don't even know if he had a touchdown, maybe one, zero or one. I know he barely had any, I think one, he had his thousand yards, um, but if he can put up those touchdowns, his fantasy value will go a lot higher. So for now, I think Schultz will still be above him. Um, My whole concern would be Kittle just because he has a big name and he's going to go above Schultz in drafts um, or like fantasy drafts. But I think that Schultz has the potential to to stay healthy first. Yeah, I th- he missed a few games last year. I'm pretty he loves sure. To stay healthy. So. Yeah. So my years, yeah. my thing, right? If we're gonna like Dalton Schultz, right? You know, put him. If we're doing the great or late strategy, right? Looking at tight ends. I mean, what do you guys look at when you're drafting? I, I know in terms of, you know, when does the great cutoff end? I mean, I know it's based off of value, but like, right? I mean, if Dalton Schultz right now he's going as 
the 66th overall player, I should say on average in case, you know, people aren't playing in 12 team leagues. Right. But um, I guess, how do you value that in terms of right? Dalton Schultz is going to be available there. Are you looking at like, is that too late? I mean, going to pick 66 or like, is, is that, how do you guys analyze that if you're going to take a greater late approach or do you just, you know, pick best available or whatnot? What do you think, Kyle? Well, I'm, I'm usually looking for my tight ends early. I like, I like to have one of those elite guys. I think they're, I'm a firm believer in an elite tight end being a difference maker on your fantasy team. Um, but when you see the way ADPs are falling right now, you look and you go, okay, I can take Kelsey or Andrews in the second round. I can get Pitts, Kittle, Waller in the third or fourth, or I can wait till the fifth and get Schultz and take better guys here. Like that's the kind of move I would make. You look for those kind of values. Okay, I can get who I think will be a top three, you know, two rounds, three rounds later than I can get these other two. That's going to be my strategy. Um, should he be drafted higher? Probably. Um, like if if his ADP rose and you had to take him higher to, to make sure you got him, I'd be okay with it. But, you know, it's definitely a strategy you can use if you draft – before that ADP starts rising. The thing is, with the name recognition that the guys above him have, it probably won't raise much. I think that's the big thing, just the name recognition. Like you said, he's not going to go in the top three, four rounds. What I look at when I'm drafting is I kind of want to get my receiver, one solid receiver, a solid running back, and then I'll look. I always like doing two receivers or two running backs right away, but if I see you know, Kelsey's gone. And then you see Andrews is gone. I'll be like, okay, maybe I can stretch here and take a a great tight end. But I think with the way Dalton Schultz is going right now, I think I could take two running backs and a receiver and then get Schultz in my fourth pick because he's not going until the fifth round. A lot of ways you could go out, Zach. I mean, how do you approach it? I mean, we, we heard your quarterback strategy last week. Let's hear your tight end one. Yeah, kind of same as Kyle was saying. I mean, if you think he's going to be on the same level as Waller and Pitts and you can get him two, three rounds later, why won't you do that, right? So, I mean, I've drafted tight ends all over. I've drafted them high. I've waited until rounds 9, 10 to get them. For me, it's all who's there at my pick and who do I like. I really don't have a set-in-stone strategy I use, I guess. It's just I think he's a great value this year, so I have taken him in multiple mock drafts. Yeah, and you know I'm looking. We're, we're a little short on time here, so uh, Kyle, um, thank you again for coming on. I want to know, you know, where can the people find you? We are actually on the Fantasy Football Network. We've got the website fantasyfootball.network or fantasyfootballnetwork.com. They go to the same place. Uh, Instagram, Fantasy Football Network with underscores between the words. Uh, yeah, come uh, come check us out. Give us a holler. Yeah, we will be definitely shouting you out, of course, on our social medias. So Instagram, right? Drew Sports Crew is where you can find us there. And also that is our Twitter. Facebook, that is Drew's Sports Crew. And that is also our YouTube. So does anyone have anything else here before we wrap up here on this Friday morning? Just want to thank you guys for having me on, and uh, I look forward to doing other things in the future together for sure. Of course. This is a lot of fun. So, yeah, thank you again, Kyle, and 
that'll wrap up wrap it up so thank you all for listening to another episode of drew's sports crew the journey to a million the perfect podcast for you